Welcome to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Hey, good morning, Morning Devotion family. Wow, I just, I'm just waiting here. I've just been waiting on you guys. Waiting on the clock to hit seven, uh, seven o'clock and just get started. What a What a subject today. Are you wasting your wilderness? Sandra, we got, you're going to have to give everybody the keys. How do you get on first before anybody every morning? Jonathan, Tim, David, Catherine, thank you for being a part of this great MD family. We've sojourned through pandemic, pre-pandemic, mid-pandemic, post-pandemic, pandemic pandemic 2.0. I don't know where we're at in this pandemic. It just seems to be here, here for a while, but I'm happy you're here. Thank you, Jerry, Roxanne, Jeremy. Happy that each and every one of you call this home. Hey, Brother Scott, good to see you on this morning. So welcome this Tuesday, Tuesday, May the 4th. We are in a temporary, undisclosed location. Yeah, this, so... Technology-wise, you just wouldn't believe it. I lost internet on my last word yesterday, so I'm not as stable a platform, but we're going to get there. By the grace of God, we're going to get there. So thank you for being a part of this. You know the drill. Get out of the shadows. Identify yourself. Tell us where you're from. It doesn't matter. There's no judgment here. You can tell us where you're from. People watch this all hours of the day and night later. And thank you for being a part of this. I um, Are you wasting your wilderness? You, I hope you share this today with someone who may be going through a trial and who isn't at this stage. Psalm 136, verse 10. To him that smote Egypt in their firstborn, for his mercy endureth forever. And brought out Israel from among them for his mercy endureth forever. Verse 12, with a strong hand, with a stretched out arm, for his mercy endureth forever. To him which divided the Red Sea into parts, for his mercy endureth forever. Verse 14, and made Israel to pass through the midst of it. You get it. Let's say it together. For his mercy endureth forever. But overthrew Pharaoh and his hosts in the Red Sea, Yes, for his mercy endureth forever. But verse 16 of that song, to him which led his people through the wilderness, for his mercy endureth forever. There's mercy for your wilderness and there's a hand leading you. Okay, just give a witness to that. It was Abraham Lincoln that said, God must love the common folk because he sure made a whole lot of us. Let let me modify that. God must love wildernesses because he's sure made a whole lot of them. God, God loves the wilderness. But before I, we finish this devotion today, I hope you find a certain fondness for the wilderness. We don't love the wilderness because of its beauty. We don't love the wilderness because of its comfort and pleasure. We love the wilderness because that is where we are changed. That's where we lean on God. Who is who is this cometh up out of the wilderness, leaning on the arm of her beloved. That's where we find God. That's where we see, perceive, receive. That's where we comprehend and understand. 
In Genesis through Revelation, we see the same thing over and over. God is leading his people into the wilderness and changing them. That's what our text said. He led his people into the wilderness. God hasn't changed, and he's still doing the same thing today. He takes people through the wilderness. And that, Debbie, Sandra, God takes us through the wilderness. He led Job and his wife through the trial of their lives. Led Lot, Lot's wife through the trial of their faith. He leads the Sarahs and the Rachels and the Rebecca's and the Deborah's through the trials of Scripture. He leads those he loves through trials. And only then do we see what God can do. Dottie Rambo sang a song years ago. When I'm low in spirit, I cry, Lord, lift me up. I want to go higher with thee. But nothing grows high on a mountain. And so he picked out a valley for me. And in that valley, he leads me beside still waters and somewhere in the valley below. He draws me aside to be tested and tried. And in the valley, he restoreth my soul. Oh, praise God. Can you give a witness for that, Mike, Trina, April? 305 times do we find the mention of wilderness in scripture. And I promise you that in life, you're going to face them about that many times a year. Yeah, wilderness has come. The question is simply this, will you waste your wilderness? Will you waste the place that God designed especially for you? Or will you find in that place a treasure like none others? Because there's some valuable things that can be brought into your life through the wilderness. If you and I go into the wilderness and come out no better, then we've wasted the wilderness. Let me let me describe a wilderness first. Let me let me give you a description as if you need this. Wilderness comes in all shapes and sizes, approaches in different ways. What's a wilderness to one person is a paradise to another. We differ. But there's common descriptions of wildernesses. A wilderness comes as a disruption to our comfort zone. The chief goal of the flesh is to take it easy, to be comfortable. In this Laodicean age, that's especially a desire. Carnal saints are those who are at ease in Zion. And Amos said, woe to those who are at ease in Zion. Comfort attracts the enemy. God does that. He disrupts our comfort zone. He pulls us out of the lazy boy in the easy chair, gets us on our knees, pulls us away from entertainment and gets us into intercession. Yes, a wilderness is something that pulls you out of the comfort zone. A wilderness is something that delays your timetable. We want things in certain ways, certain time. But God says, I'm going to mess up your schedule a little bit. Going to mess up the sequencing a little bit. We enter into holding patterns and waiting rooms. That's a wilderness. Mary and Martha spent four agonizing days waiting for Jesus to arrive and heal their brother. He didn't show up. Finally, days after Lazarus died, he comes. And in the wilderness of waiting, God is on the move for those who can see him, hear him, find him. Mary, Martha, you may not see him, but he's moving in your direction. Don't waste a wilderness. A wilderness comes, let me describe it, as a death of a dream. I can't explain it, but I'll describe it. God-given dreams usually have to die before they can be born again and come to pass. You know you've passed over into the boundary of wilderness country when your dream dies or it's on life support. But if you can hold on to that dream, if you can take that child 
born in miraculous circumstances, place him in the prophet's chamber. If you can move in the direction of your miracle, if you can say, all is well, when your heart is breaking, then you're not wasting your wilderness. No, you're not. No, you're not. Jose, you're not wasting your wilderness. Brenda, Vicki, you're not wasting your wilderness. A wilderness will come. Let me describe it as a challenge to your character. Yeah, I didn't say a challenge to your reputation or a good name. I I said a challenge to your character. Times of immense testing, temptation, trial, things that war against your soul. A season of hurt, pain, loneliness, confusion, when it seems that all the guns of hell are pointed straight at you and firing full barrel. Job held to his integrity. Job came away more blessed after the wilderness than before. That's not wasting your wilderness. A wilderness, let me give you one more description. It comes as a season of immense pressure or dryness. When the furnace of the underworld seems open and the fire is heated seven times hotter than before and you're faced with the blast that crumples and cripples and crushes, where do we go then? What do we do? One thing is for certain. We got to get through this. We must make our way through the trial. He led us through the valley. That's what our text said. The question is not if we will go through But will we learn anything in the wilderness? Will we be stronger and wiser for having gone through it? Let me give you some wilderness principles, okay? Um, I I would say, first of all, it's temporary. Comes to pass. It came to pass. That phrase is found 1,756 times in the Bible. Whatever's come against you, whatever's trial has come your way, no matter how long and how wide the desert may seem to stretch, this too shall pass. It's only temporary. It's the, Paul said, the momentary afflictions that's working a far greater eternal weight of glory. When you feel there's no way out, when you feel God doesn't care, when you think the heavens are silent and that God has no plans for you and doesn't love you, remember this, it's going to pass. When it feels that all have forsaken you, When you think you're all alone, he said, I'm going to lead you through that wilderness. When you believe you've lost your last friend, temporary, temporary, it's going to pass. David said, yea, I walk through, yea, though I walk through the valley. You're not asked to live in the valley, not asked to camp out in the valley, not asked to stay in the wilderness. You walk through it. You're going to come out of this. It's temporary. Hold on to that knowledge that there is an exit sign. You will make it out of this wilderness. Kirk, Mary, Penny, just give it up for the Lord there. You're going to get out. You're going to get out. But will you learn? Will you learn what you're supposed to learn? Will it change you the way it was supposed to change you? Will you come out of this wilderness leaning on his arm? Understand the wilderness will pass. That's principle number one. Now, here we go. It's where the scribes have got to get to work. Understand that wildernesses have a sevenfold purpose. Number one, to get your attention. Wouldn't it be great if God just said, hey, so-and-so, hey, bucko, and uh, call our name, would say, here am I. 
But quite often, God does not get through with his goodness. It doesn't reach us. His blessings don't face us. His kindness doesn't touch us. He's so he's left taking us into the wilderness and speaking us to us there. In Ezekiel 3.22, And the hand of the Lord was there upon me, and he said unto me, Arise, go forth into the plain, and I will talk there with thee. Go to the wilderness. I'm going to talk to you, Ezekiel. C.S. Lewis said that God whispers to us in our pleasures, but he shouts to us in our pain. It's a megaphone in the wilderness. That's where God gets our attention. That's where we hear him distinctly. The second principle, this is a great principle, a wilderness principle of the purpose of the wilderness. It teaches us to trust God and his word. It's good for me, Psalm 119. It's good for me that I've been afflicted, that I may learn thy statutes. One translation said it like this. My troubles turned out all for the best. They forced me to learn from your textbook, God. You will learn how to live in the wilderness. You will learn what really matters. Here's the third purpose. It reveals issues. And everybody's got issues your hangups, your idiosyncrasies. It reveals issues in our characters. If you want to know what's inside of a tube of toothpaste, squeeze it. If you want to know what's inside of a jar, turn it upside down. When the pressures of life come, when our world gets turned upside down, when we get compressed and squeezed, that's what what's within us is revealed. The real you comes out in the wilderness. Stuff you've been harboring and holding. Proverbs 25, 4, take away the dross from the silver and there shall come forth a vessel for the finer. What holds you back is what's revealed in the wilderness. It's the dross coming to the surface of the molten metal when the flame gets hot. That's the third purpose. Fourth purpose, it tests our faith and our faithfulness. It's not hard to believe God when things are good. Not a challenge to have faith and be faithful when all is going well. We get our lives arranged and organized and calibrated to provide us maximum comfort. We would prefer roads that were made of Tempur-Pedic mattresses. I mean, those Camelot-like conditions that would prevail. You remember that song from the Broadway musical Camelot? A law was made a distant moon ago here. July and August cannot be too hot. And there's a legal limit to the snow here in Camelot. The winter is forbidden till December and exits March the 2nd on the dot. By order, summer lingers through September in Camelot. We don't live in Camelot. We walk through a valley and a wilderness. Moses said in Deuteronomy 8, thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God had led thee these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee, to prove thee, to know what was in their heart, whether thou couldst keep the commandments or no. God does that. He doesn't tempt us to do evil, but he tests us to build our faith. Here's the fifth purpose of the wilderness. It forms inner strength and endurance. Yes, it does. Listen to this statement very, very carefully. I can pray for you, but I cannot pray for you. Some things you got to do yourself. No one can go through that wilderness for you. You've got to walk that wilderness. You've got to move into that wilderness and learn the lessons for yourself. Remember that old song, you got to walk that lonesome valley and you got to walk it. 
You got to walk it by yourself. No one else, nobody else can walk it for you. You got to walk. You got to walk it by yourself. It's walking that valley that's going to help you grow. If restoration comes in the valley, then you must learn to walk through that wilderness. Our flesh doesn't like our flesh doesn't like it. And our flesh really doesn't like the verses I'm about to read in James 1, verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Let patience have her perfect work, that you may be in perfect and entire, wanting nothing. God strengthens us. In a trial. Has has anybody ever seen that? Cindy, have you ever seen that, Joyce? Have you ever experienced that? That the times of testing build inner strength and endurance? Number six, and as I alluded in James, it increases our patience. People ask for more joy, but abiding patience is the key to joy. If you pray for more joy, just understand God's going to send things to build more patience in you, and he's going to teach you patience through problems. Find any saint of God who has great joy. And I will tell you that person's been through great trials and they've learned the sweetness of patience. Hebrews 6, and we desire that every one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end, that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. That's how you get there. That's how you get there. Developing patience. It's a purpose of the wilderness. And finally, number seven, it prepares us for the greater things in God. That's what a wilderness does. He that is faithful in the least will be faithful in much. That's what Jesus said. In other words, before every giant, there's a lion and a bear is preparing you for something else. That's the sevenfold purpose behind a wilderness. You got to get a hold of these. I'll recap them real quick for you in case you missed them. The sevenfold purpose for the wilderness. Number one, gets our attention. Number two, teaches us to trust God and his word. Number three, reveals issues in our character. Number four, it tests our faith and our faithfulness. Number five, it forms inner strength and endurance. Number six, it increases our patience. And number seven, it prepares us for greater things in God. When you are in the midst of the wilderness, can I just give you some clues as to what you need to do? There are some proven wilderness principles. Now I know it's, I know what the tendency is. Like the Israelites, they didn't see the wilderness as a gift from God. Their 40 year sojourn. God could have taken them through the wilderness. The Bible says in 11 days, but their attitude turned an 11 day trip into a 40 year journey. They're grumbling, they're murmuring, their unbelief, their disobedience, their rebellion. Your attitude can make that wilderness last a lot longer. I've watched people when wilderness comes, they they get an attitude that's just destructive. Their, Their behaviors become unstable and they forget the goodness of God and they forget so many things. They forget the purposes that they're going into that wilderness. So they start fighting God. The only one that's going to get you out. Don't fight God in the spiritual realm. Yeah, I, I can just give you just off the cuff, just a few survival skills for this desert, this wilderness. Number one, surrender, give up, give it up, give up your will, your way, submit yourself to God. Someone told me a while back, 
I think God's trying to kill me. Well, he's not, not like you think he is, but he is trying to crush an old way of living. Surrender, let go, die. Don't drag out this death scene. Don't practice dying in front of a mirror. Don't wait to die until enough people are watching. I saw a t-shirt that said, save the drama for your mama. Don't, don't, I'm doing good today. Mark, I am doing real good. Kenneth, I'm doing great today. Save the drama for your mama. Give it up. Let it go. Die. Say, not my will, but thine be done. Get on. Get on with your life. Yes, surrender. Here's another one. Take hold of the altar. Pray. Talk to God. Quit talking to everybody else. Get off social media. Uh, Quit spouting your opinion. Talk to God. Paul said a messenger of Satan buffeted him. Paul went to God. God, help me. God, help me. Finally, got the answer. My grace is sufficient. When he prayed in his weakness, God transformed it into strength. When we pray, we tap into that reservoir of God's grace. Pray, pray. Don't complain. Here's the third one. Claim the promises of God. You get into the word of God, you're going to find the precious promises that'll be the food of your life in wilderness journeys. The word can speak to you, enable you, empower you. You just claim every promise in the book. Just start claiming. Quit confessing defeat and failure and start speaking the promises of God. Just shout them out. Speak them. Rejoice in them. And I I can't, I've got to mention this one. You got to be a praiser. You got to learn how to dance in your wilderness. You got to learn how to be grateful for goodness. You got to learn how to take off the garment of heaviness and put on that ephod of praise and dance in the ashes of Ziklag saying all things are working together. This is the attitude that's going to get you through a wilderness. You can go find any saint of God, pick one. Everybody's been through problems, but those who make it through better and not bitter are the ones who say we shall overcome. God's going to see us through it. He didn't lead us to it without taking us through it. Get out of that foxhole. Open your eyes and your ears. God is about to pour out his spirit upon each of you. When you go through the wilderness, make up your mind. I'm going to leave that wilderness behind. But when I leave it, I'm going to be wiser. I'm going to be more spiritually mature. I'm going to be stronger in my faith. I'm going to have direction. I shall not waste my wilderness. Let God, let God do some amazing things in your life. Donna, Jane, Shirley, let God do those amazing things in your life. Don't waste this wilderness. Don't waste this season. We we have found something. Let me say this in closing. We found something in our family. Maybe you have as well in our pastoral staff when we're discussing things. When we say last year, we inevitably are referring to 2019. I can't, I can't explain it. It's like, it's like 2020. We've just ripped it from the calendar forever. And, and so we would say, well, last year we did that. And somebody else said, well, no, wait a minute. It wasn't really last year. It was two years ago. Was it the year before last? I, I hope that we've not come through this season. And we're not getting through this season without laying hold of some great changes in our life and great lessons in our life. Don't waste your wilderness. God bless you. Thank you for being a part of this today. Leave your prayer requests. 
and come back, circle back. All people do this all time, the day and night, circle back and pray over these needs. So leave your prayer requests, encourage one another, share this with somebody else, somebody that's in a struggle and in a fight for their life. And who knows, who knows, maybe they'll get a word. Maybe God will speak to them and they'll make it through. Look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. May you go have a wonderful day. Everybody be blessed in Jesus name. Thank you for listening to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Join us next time for another inspiring devotion. To support this ministry, please visit firstchurch.com forward slash give.